What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! Let's hit the waiver wire. Let's go! Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and T. Welcome to your Week 15 Waiver Wire Show. Listen, I'm struggling right now because just before we went on the air, Jamie asked me, who do you think my start of the week is? And it's really messing with my head right now because I cannot even figure it out. He said I asked him about him earlier this morning, and I don't remember. Not me. Anything. Not me. I you asked, asked someone else. You asked about a, a group. A group. Oh, uh, email. Is, oh, it's Zach Pascal. No. Uh, who else did I? Oh, it's oh, it's uh, DeAndre Washington. If Josh Jacobs is out, it will be DeAndre Washington. Wait, how, you can't have a start of the week if somebody's out. Can you? Well, of course I can. Yeah. Uh, well, all right. But well, that's, we're, we're talking about this Tuesday morning. I haven't finalized it yet. You can't publish Josh that Jacobs yet. Do, does not play. DeAndre Washington right now, my first run of my rankings, is a top 10 running back in non-PPR and a top 12 running back in PPR. Mm, yes, facing the Jaguars. Definitely like DeAndre Washington. 4% owned. He is part Yeah, the of number the- one player to add by far. Yeah, he, but he's part of a list of players who lose their value if the starter gets healthy. I mean, they're they're a, a really well, obviously, <laughs> but but there's a, but that's the thing about the waiver wire this week. It's like uh, you know, it's a little risky. But I talked about this with Will yesterday. Uh, I'm okay taking that risk this week because there's only four teams left in your league, right? So if you don't get well, is what we talk, yeah, Go we ahead. talked about this Alexander Madison last week. It's it's the chance of finding the league winner as opposed to a middling player who may not help you. Sure, but but uh, the other thing is there aren't that many guys that are going to get picked up. So if you pick up DeAndre Washington and all of a sudden Josh Jacobs plays, waiver wire is still going to look pretty good. But I do think it's a bit of a risk if you have to choose between Raheem Mostert and DeAndre Washington. You know, that's a clear-cut, easy choice because I understand, you know, it's easy to rank Washington ahead of Mostert if Jacobs is out. But if Jacobs plays, obviously that changes. So, you know, is that really an easy call for you? Well, I, you know, it comes down to obviously what your roster looks like. You know, if you're struggling, like, um, you know, somebody who lost Jacobs and couldn't get Washington and most are still available, you know, somebody who picked up Washington last minute on, on Sunday um, or is ahead of you on waivers, you know, it's, it, it, I think it comes down to like what your team looks like, you know, so if you don't need a starter, and that's the thing about also being in week 15, you know, these are hopefully the best of the best in your fantasy league. So their lineups are, you know, barring injury, pretty sound. So if you need a starter and you want the guaranteed points, you probably take Mostert. If you want the guy who's going to most likely help you win, it's Washington. Okay. 
but you just have to weigh the risk of of Josh Jacobs playing. But um, yeah, I think in in this in this case, I don't anticipate Josh Jacobs playing. All right. Well, that like would just, be nice. Then. You know, looking at how it all unfolded. Then we're going to be picking up DeAndre Washington, and uh, he could be really good against a team that's just. I think they're giving up more than 35 points per game in their last five games, the Jaguars. They're just awful right now. Uh, so let me give you some Azer fantasy tips. These are fantasy tips that are very obvious to everybody, but, uh, we, you know, except for me. So a couple things, a few things you want to do tonight. Look at your opponent's roster and play some defense, okay? If, if you don't need a running back, but your opponent does need a running back, pick up the best running back or running backs. Uh, look ahead to week 16, all right? It's never too early. Pick up a DST or a streaming quarterback or something like that. Patrick Laird has the Bengals next week. Obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick has the Bengals next week. So you could look at guys like that. We'll do a little bit more Week 16 talk. Uh, and don't, if you can avoid it, don't drop players that you think might get picked up and beat you. You know, don't don't put a great player on the waiver wire. Uh, you know, so that's part of it as well. But hey, you've got to get guys that you think are going to be better this week. And there's obviously some urgency there. Uh, Jamie, how about before we get into it a little, a little bit more? How about that overtime drama last night, man? Fantasy Ooh, leagues man. decided at the very end of regulation and overtime. Yeah, and start of the week decided as well. Uh, thankfully for Carson Wentz, um, broke my little curse there. The, the the streak of bad luck is over. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it, w- it was a fun fun finish. Um, it was fun to see Eli Manning get the the game started the way he did. And, you know, showing that he has a connection with Darius Slayton, you know, that was the, the the question for me from the Giants passing standpoint was who would he connect with? Would it be Tate, who he's never played with? Would it be Sterling Shepard, who he clearly knows the best? Or would it be Slayton? And it's pretty clear he, he likes Slayton and Shepard the most in terms of the targets, eight targets for, for Slayton, seven for Shepard. And, you know, I, I think you look at this matchup now against Miami, it's hard to say that you, you can't. Um, it's hard to overlook, you know, Slayton as a as a potential option and, and Eli as a streamer. Yeah, I think if Evan Ingram comes back, that could screw things up because I felt like Ingram was going to be the guy that Man- Manning was going to rely on. It didn't really. They work They seem out to that indicate way. though that Ingram may get shut down. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, this time a week ago, they were talking about Ingram coming back. So I, I but he may have had a setback though. Whatever it is, it's it's frustrating for the Evan Ingram owner, and uh, yeah, the Giants Dolphins game. I thought would be the best kind of waiver wire game. I think you look at the Jaguars Raiders and you look at the, uh, cause cause DD Westbrook is certainly going to be popular. Chris Conley and Deandre Washington, obviously maybe even Derek Carr, Gardner Minshew. You look at that Dolphins Giants game. I thought that was going to be a great game for the waiver wire, but the Devonte Parker injury really is kind of a bummer. And yep. I, to be honest with you, I I'd, I'd just, I'd much rather have Daniel Jones than Eli Manning. I mean, the Giants had 30 total yards in the second half. They had 30 total yards in the second half. I, I mean, I'm going to say they had 30 total yards in the second half. I you have think Daniel no Jones would have done better? Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding? Absolutely. He would have run for 15. And, yes, I, I look, you look at that third down play. I mean, this forget it. But all the time in the world, you throw a slant pattern to a covered receiver. That's all he does. Stop doing that. You're lucky Ronald Darby couldn't make a tackle and Darius well, Slate I mean, was you, able you to say- score. You say stop doing that. He's about to stop doing that. Yeah, You're never okay. going to have to watch him again after a few weeks. What are you concerned about? I mean, no, I, enjoy I, the nostalgia. Fantasy, for fantasy. Enjoy that's why. This, honestly, that should have been the perfect setup for you because Eli gave you the first half feel-good moment. You watched him go out, throw a couple touchdowns. 
and do some nice things to remind you that once upon a time, he was a great player for you. It was. And then you lose the game. You lose the game in overtime. I wanted to win. And your draft position. No, you don't want to win. Your draft position is still solidified. It is. It is the perfect setup for any Giants fan. You got the nostalgia, you got a competitive game, and you lost at the end. That's exactly what you want. Uh, if you want to check my Twitter feed, I went on some pretty fun rants yesterday, so enjoy those. I tried to avoid your Twitter feed. Yeah, it, it was good. I, you know, the Eagles fans had no right to be singing after that game. Just a terrible game. They deserve to lose. Both teams deserve to lose. Top they priorities. To lose. Wow. They did. Top priorities this week. All right. So DeAndre Washington, number one. Uh, who'd be the next? best after that the, you know there's there's a lot of guys you can discuss uh, if you need a quarterback obviously Tannehill if he's still available love the setup for him with the way he's been playing another co- candidate for start of the week um, depending on how I, I decide to play this out um, Zach Pascal, another guy still available we've been talking about all these guys for the last couple of weeks not Washington but um, Tannehill and and uh, and Pascal. you know certainly the last two weeks for for Pascal. Uh, the tight end position, Tyler Higby, you know, if he's still out there for what he's done, you know, essentially the last three games, but uh, looking at, at the opportunity without Gerald Everett once again. But Raheem Mostert, um, Adrian Peterson now, if he's still on waivers and uh, with, with Darius Geis' injury. So there's there's a lot of uh, key guys. You mentioned D.D. Westbrook. Uh, Anthony Miller is still out there on waivers. There, there's just it, It's actually a pretty good week for waivers. You know, I, I led yeah, the, the, the column with um, all the injuries that we're dealing with, and we got more last night with Alshon which just stinks. Um, it seems like receivers really getting beat up. Mike Evans and, and Jeffrey and uh, now Calvin Ridley out for the season. But uh, the running back position still, you know, we may get some guys back, James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster, they may play. But I think you just look at um, the options that are on waivers, and, and, and you alluded to this. There's only four teams for the most part, you know, depending if you go to Week 17, but if you're in most leagues that play into Week 16, there's four teams left in your, in your league. And so you may have an opportunity to sort of, okay, now it's time to discard the the junk you've been holding on to. If you've still been holding out hope for A.J. Green or, you know, Josh Gordon or, you know, some of these guys, uh, you, you can drop your second quarterback. You can drop your second defense. And you said it, you know, don't drop someone that's going to help your opponent, especially in the fantasy championship. But, you know, if you have an opportunity now to pick up two or three guys that you may consider playing or just keep your opponent from playing, you know, it's not just the first move you make on waivers. It's the second and third one. And, you know, at this point, bid points are, uh, are are irrelevant. You know, you, you got to get the guy that you want. Well, I got to be honest, though. I, I, I think quarterback after Ryan Tannehill is kind of dicey. It's the one spot. Yeah. Yep. So, but other than that, I mean, but there are also, good running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. You also want to look to see, like, for example, I'm I'm in one league where somebody dropped Jimmy Garoppolo, and I have Carson Wentz, and I was planning on riding Wentz hopefully through the championship. Now, Wentz looks a little bit dicey without Lane Johnson. We know what that has been for him. It hasn't been good. And if Alshon's out, even in a good matchup against Washington, I'd rather start Garoppolo. So, like, that's one move I'm going to make. So there could be some, you know, mid-level players that were dropped that have good opportunities in Week 16. Like, for example, Kyler Murray. You know, somebody may have dropped Kyler Murray. I think he'll play well against Cleveland this week. Um, So there's, there's some guys out there that you can sort of pivot to that it's not just Tannehill and Eli Manning and... uh you know, the other guys will talk about Gardner Minshew, Derek Carr, those type of quarterbacks. There could be some other guys out there. Same thing with the tight ends. There may have been somebody that could have been dropped just because of somebody making another move, and that could be something that benefits for you. Yeah, a real bummer. If you have a tight end, I, look, Mark Andrews kind of expected to play, but it's a Thursday game, so we're not sure. Jared Cook in the concussion protocol, uh, so that's going to be a high-priority position too. I, in addition to quarterback not being great, I actually don't think DST is great this week either, Jamie. What do you think? Uh, totally agree. 
yeah, from the from the waiver perspective. You know, I like Seattle, you know, just because Kyle Allen's become so turnover prone. Uh, you're looking at the Chargers. You know, I think their defense has, has really turned the corner with uh, with the guys coming back healthy. And so we'll see how Kirk Cousins does on the road. I know it's not necessarily a real true road game, but um, I think the Chargers defense is worth buying into. These are all low end options. And then, you know, I looked, I was surprised at how well the quarterbacks have actually done in Arrowhead Stadium this year. Um, it's been a little bit better than than we typically think of. But you're still talking about Drew Locke going into that environment. And he's been fun. You know, he's he's done a nice job the last two weeks. And we thought he would struggle last week going into Houston. Obviously, that Texans defense a little bit more of a fraud. Um, the Chiefs defense played well last three games. And, you know, that's a DST that I would look for. Maybe I'd, you know, probably reorder reorder it a little bit. Maybe the Chiefs should be the number one. That's what I was going to Okay, grab. good, good. Because I was going to say they're my favorite this week. Uh, they've actually yeah. played pretty well lately, the Chiefs DST. And they're, they're a better <laughs> defense, I think, than we give them credit for. Uh, so again, I, Drew Locke was really good at the Texans. He averaged, he averaged like 5.4 yards per attempt in his first game. He just threw, happened to throw two touchdowns to Cortland Sutton. So, uh, you know, I'm not I like the, quite there yet with him. The, the Buzz Lightyear stuff too. Pretty cool. I don't know the Buzz Lightyear stuff. He does. I think, I don't know if it's just a touchdown celebration or a big play celebration, but he does like a Buzz Lightyear with the laser. Like he, he goes like this and apparently that's a nickname or, or a thing that he does. Oh. So it's getting it's getting a little bit of no pun intended, a little bit of buzz. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, it's a good story. Toy, mm-hmm. You know, like Toy Story. Okay, so uh, some players. <laughs> uh, let me uh, actually put a couple things to promote real quick. Apple Podcast Review Mailbag. Get your questions in ASAP so we can read them on the Wednesday show. Do it as an Apple Podcast Review. Thank you so much for those great reviews. We appreciate it. Also, we'll read them on the Saturday show. And our Facebook giveaway this week, Lesson You Learned This Season So Far. Lesson I would learn is uh, I am prioritizing quarterback a lot more next year, and I will have two on every roster. Uh, I can't commit to that, but I'm thinking that might be the case, at least for most of my team. Who's your favorite quarterback for 2020? Lamar Jackson. We got into this with uh, Heath. On, I saw uh, I on saw Heath. Heath, Heath uh, I don't understand why he would have Deshaun Watson over Lamar Jackson. Um, he also has Mahomes over him. Yeah, and, I mean, look, it, there, there's an argument to be made, you know, yeah, for for really. Mahomes and oh, for Mahomes and, and maybe Watson as well. Um, we uh, with Pete Prisco also. Uh, I asked, but they both said that they would take Mahomes over Jackson, and, and he said he would take Watson as well. I said the only way I'm doing that is if I know, guaranteed, the rushing is coming down significantly. And Pete said well, we we ballparked it at about 1,200 yards rushing by the end of the year. Um, Pete said if it's he he could see 500 yards coming off of his rushing total. He said 250 to three. If it's 500, that's pretty significant. If it's 250 to three, I'm still taking him first because I expect his passing to improve. I also want to see what they do clearly to surround him with some more talent and offensive line help. But um, with what he's you know been able to do and you know hopefully avoid injury. I mean, you can clearly you know how I feel about quarterbacks. You know, I'm not going to fight you if you take him in the first round. Oh, yeah, and, I, and he's only getting better as a passer, too. That's the other part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. So here's a segment called Players Who Could Lose All Their Value If the Starter Gets Healthy. So just keep this in mind as you make your waiver claims. DeAndre Washington, we've talked about. Benny Snell, you know, James Conner, there was a report that he's expected to play. So are you even going to go after Benny Snell, who's 61% owned and uh, facing the uh, Bills this week? Depends. You know, if I'm... Uh... 62% at this point is probably a 10-team league, so it's it's not exactly the most exciting situation. All right. Uh, Ian Thomas, 
Ian Thomas looking like a pretty good waiver claim right now. Uh, you know, with, without Greg Olson last year, he scored seven, one, ten, and twelve non PPR fantasy points. That's three good games out of four. He was terrific. Had ten targets at Atlanta last week, and he gets Seattle this week, and they're the third worst against tight ends. So Ian Thomas looking good, but if Greg Olson clears the concussion protocol, he might be useless. Tyler Higby looking even better than Ian Thomas lately. Back-to-back 100-yard games. Dallas has struggled a little bit against tight ends lately. And he's 38% owned, but he's only been good when Gerald Everett's been out, basically. And then I don't think you agree with me on this one, but I do wonder about Anthony Miller and if Taylor Gabriel comes back. Now, the last time Miller and Gabriel played together, they both had double-digit targets. Uh, It was about four weeks ago, not including the game in which Gabriel left with the concussion. But, you know, if you're sitting there and you're looking at Pascal, I think Pascal's going to be number one, but... You know, A.J. Brown, Anthony Miller, uh, I like D.D. Westbrook. I don't know, Jamie. I, I still think the Taylor-Gabriel factor is is real there. And not to mention the Packers, I, they're pretty good against wide receivers, at least in terms of fantasy points. I'm not sure how good they actually are, but get into that. But, yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you worry about Anthony Miller's value with uh, Gabriel coming back potentially? A, a little bit. You know, I, I just look at it that, his numbers, and it does factor in Gabriel with the concussion, but his numbers really started to pop when Trey Burton went down. It's almost to a T, you know, and so Burton goes on IR. But Burton was so uninvolved, you know, like it's not. But like- it doesn't matter. It's 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 the routes run. It's the usage. It's you, you know um, where they're where they're lining him up, what they've done with him, you know. So I I think it's just a matter of Anthony Miller's opportunity increasing, and Trubisky just seeing the field a little differently. He's he's improved as a quarterback, and so you've seen the, the production come. Now, take into account who they played. Detroit twice, the Giants once, and the one game they struggled in the four-game stretch was against the Rams. So uh, I think you just look at it as, is he a slam dunk? We saw last week, no. He had four targets. You got lucky with the touchdowns, with the touchdown. You know, so, uh, you know, this is the, the gamble you take when you get to this point in the season. You know, who can you trust? There's a reason he's only 25% owned. You know, because the body of our users, and and I think we have the smartest users in the business, um, they clearly realize that there's still some risk involved with Anthony Miller, despite the fact that we've been saying, maybe trust him, maybe trust him, maybe trust him. He's been delivering, but at some point you're going to see, you know, probably the Bears passing game and Anthony Miller himself turn into still a young receiver developing in the league. All right, so listen, uh, you, you you got a few weeks left of the regular season, but for fantasy you might be done. Or maybe you have one team left or something like that. You want to play more, right? You want to keep playing? Get on FanDuel. Because the offer that they have now gets you 20 bucks in site credit if you put $20 in. You go to FanDuel.com slash FFT. You sign up there. FanDuel.com slash FFT. Make a $20 deposit. Get $5 back in site credit every week for four weeks. And just create these great rosters, these really fun rosters with high upside players, guys with good matchups, you know, you got to fit your uh, you got to fit your players into a budget, but it's really not hard. It doesn't take much time to set a lineup. It doesn't take much time to set five lineups. So this gives you exposure to all the players that you want to have on your fantasy teams, and it's just so much fun, and we absolutely love it. And you don't have to worry about injuries and and bad matchups and things like that, and, and you know, being nervous about starting a guy. Basically, every player in your lineup you should feel pretty good about. Go to FanDuel.com/FFT. Sign up right now. 20 bucks in, get 20 bucks back, $5 a week for four weeks at fanduel.com slash FFT or download the FanDuel app. All right, we got to get I some names I just realized I won, uh, I won 10 bucks in our uh, FFT league, FanDuel. I don't think I joined that. I just, 
You didn't join your own contest? Oh, that one. I'm sorry. Dave <laughs> sent a Dave sent a, an email about like a in-house one, I thought. Um No, no, I did uh I did the FFT oh, good. listener contest. I think I, I won may have 10 too. bucks. Despite uh despite the downfall of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think I may have as well, Jamie. That may, I think that was the only contest I gave. It was a bad week for me. But I'm going to get back on that. All right, Jamie, let's here we go. We got to give a lot of names here. We got to get some waiver claims in. So, first okay. of all, Lamar Jackson, we got to keep an eye on this because he was listed with a calf injury. So, right now, it doesn't seem quad, serious. Quad, I think, right? Uh, oh, okay. I wrote calf. Leg. Leg I, I heard. I, I thought I heard, I thought I heard uh, Schefter on halftime show say quad, but you could be right. No, you're probably right. I'm such an idiot. Ah. Uh, Jameis Winston expected to play with his tiny fracture in his right hand. So he showed up. Mike Evans had a uh, bowling event last night. Oh, Le'Veon Bell went. (laughs) Well done. Uh, Jameis was there bowling left-handed, and he had his hand hand wrapped, but uh, hopefully he'll be fine. Yeah, all right. And by the way, it was a quad injury. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has a hand injury. He's going to play. He's top three for Jamie, as you heard. I don't, he hasn't justified that, by the way, but he's top three. Uh, Daniel Jones is out one to three more weeks. I mean, there's a chance he plays this week, and I, I would be somewhat interested in him if, against the Dolphins. Uh, not Eli? In fact, I'd be very interested in him. No, I'd not. Uh, I'd be very interested in Daniel Jones, somewhat interested in Eli. How about you? I like Eli. You know, it's uh, more two quarterback super flex leagues. He's not in my top 12, but... Um, like you said, you know, Ryan Tannehill, and then it's kind of a, a group of quarterbacks that are more two QB options or, or super flex options. But, you know, you could be stuck and, and you could have been streaming all along. And, you know, you just got lucky in getting into the uh, into your fantasy championship. I, I got into one where I started Ryan Fitzpatrick. So um, I will I would pivot to Eli Manning if uh, if Devontae Parker's out for sure. Yeah, it's such a shame because. Fitzpatrick would have been, I think, such a such a home run this week. And maybe he still could be if Devontae Parker doesn't play. We'll talk about that. Um, Le'Veon Bell went bowling, but he is getting better. So he, we expect him to play on Thursday. Derrick Henry, hamstring, seems okay. Bo Scarborough left with that rib injury. We know Josh Jacobs is banged up. Uh, Rashad Penny tore his ACL, unfortunately. It's going to be a big, big finish the last two games for Chris Carson. That's a guy I don't oh want to be facing in weeks 15 and 16 against the Panthers yeah. and Cardinals. Uh, James Conner is expected to play. That was according to a report from NFL Network, uh, I think, on Sunday. Darius Geis, probably not going to play. And Adrian Peterson... No, he's already, he's already been ruled he's out. He's been ruled out. Adrian Peterson yeah. go, has gotten a ton of work with in Geis' absence with Bill Callahan. Unfortunately, he's got the Eagles this week, but he still might get 18 carries or something. Cleveland's not going to sit Odell Beckham. Mike Evans, very doubtful for this week. Alshon Jeffrey having an MRI on his foot. Certainly uh, would have, you know, reevaluated the Carson Wentz love if we had known Alshon Jeffrey was not going to have a catch. Uh, DJ Chark week to week. Calvin Ridley out for the season. Interesting. T.Y. Hilton still week to week. Devontae Parker, concussion. Albert Wilson out with a head injury. Juju Smith-Schuster hoping to play this week. Might happen against Buffalo. Not sure we'd like him very much. Uh, Nikhil Harry's banged up. Meanwhile, a tight end, Mark Andrews, Vance McDonald, Jared Cook, banged up. Noah Fant looking okay. Um, Ryan Griffin left with the ankle injury. And Lane Johnson, Weston Richburg. That's the uh, okay. That's the Eagles right tackle, Lane Johnson. Looked like a bad injury. San Francisco center, Westburg, Weston Richburg. He's out for the year. That's 
potentially significant. Giants right tackle Kevin Zeitler left with an injury as well. Defensively, Xavier Rhodes got hurt, but he looks like he's going to play against the Chargers. And Sheldon Rankins, that's an injury we really need to watch out for, not in terms of waiver wire, but how we're going to feel about uh, Marlon Mack against the Saints with their linebackers beat up and with uh, Sheldon Rankins out, potentially, with an injury. And it was a rough week for the 49ers, by the way. In addition to losing their center, Richard Sherman and D. Ford are both going to be out for a little while. And Atlanta cornerback Desmond Trufant's out for the season. Uh, we'll look ahead to week 16 in a little bit. Let's get into week 15 now. Okay, top position, top priorities at each position. Let's start with quarterback. And Tannehill, you said, is number four for you? He's number four in the rankings, number one in terms of the guys yeah, that add. That's but, what I meant, yeah. I mean, he's been awesome. He's absolutely been awesome. And now he's facing this miserable defense of the Texans that's just given up points after week, week in, week out. And, and you know, everybody's going to point to and say, well, they played well against the Patriots. Brady still had 30 points. I don't care how he got it done. He still had 30 fantasy points in that game. You know, so you look at this game. Obviously, it's the biggest game of the week, um, unless I'm missing one. But it's for the AFC South division right now. They play each other again uh, before the season's out. So I just think that it's it's Tannehill is on this unbelievable roll. And I don't see the Texans slowing him down. So I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him more than I trust the guy on the other side of the field and Deshaun Watson right now. If, if Will Fuller's out of Fuller plays, I would take Watson over Tannehill. But without Fuller, I'd rather have Tannehill. Okay, then after that, Eli Manning against the Dolphins. They give up the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. The last four quarterbacks, 39 points for Josh Allen, 29 for Mayfield, 30 for Wentz, 20 for Darnold. And you saw Eli Manning look good for a half and look really bad for a half. Uh, Derek Carr against the Jaguars. So Carr gets went back home. Good weather last week against the Titans. Scored 23 fantasy points. And this week, you know, the Jaguars... Last three quarterbacks they've faced. Tannehill, 36 points. Winston, only 10 fantasy points. That was weird. Phillip Rivers, 30 fantasy points. So what what can I do to convince you to move Carr ahead of Eli Manning? Money? Uh, bribery? I, I have no problem with it. I have no problem with it. You know, I, I think um, it's uh, it, it's perfectly fine to go with Derek Carr over, over Manning, and I've been shuffling my rankings around. You know, we, we talk through this a lot uh, almost every Tuesday. So um, by the end of the day, you may see Carr... And Minshew ahead of Eli. All right. And then after that, so so the top three... Oh, you know what? I think we need to throw in a couple players here that are mo- or owned in more than 65% of leagues before we go any further. So Tannehill's going to be number one regardless. But where would you rank Phillip Rivers against Minnesota and Jacoby Brissett at New Orleans? Um, behind, uh, behind Tannehill and probably behind Carr and Eli. Okay. Yeah, so that's why the Sheldon Rankins injury is kind of interesting to me because Brissett, as I illustrated last week, and it continued, has been really good whenever Marlon Mack has struggled to run the ball, whenever Mack hasn't had 50, you know, has had 50 or fewer rushing yards, which could happen again against the Saints' run defense if they're healthy. Uh, you might need to be chasing points there. So Brissett's kind of interesting. Is he like a top 15 kind of guy this week? Yep, there, there's a bunch of guys that, you know, you get past the. Uh really like seven or eight, you can make an argument for, you know, 10 guys that could be in the top 12, you know, outside in, in that eight to 12 range, you know, so um, he's a top 15 guy. Yeah, I guess that's probably the easiest way to describe it. Okay, that's Brissett. So again, Tannehill, Eli, Carr, Gardner Minshew facing Derek Carr and the Raiders. The Raiders give up the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks, uh, but he's struggling a little bit. How, how do you feel about Gardner Minshew? 
no chart. It's one of those, you know, there, there's, uh, there's two quarterbacks. You look at Minshew um, against the Raiders, and great matchup. No chart, like you said. He's been struggling, but it, it seems as if every quarterback does well against Oakland. The other one is Trubisky, who's playing great, but bad track record against the Packers. So do you ride somebody, let's say, like the hot hand of Trubisky and hope that it continues against Green Bay? Or do you trust the matchup and go with Minshew? In this case, I'd probably go Minshew over Trubisky. Okay, yeah, it's Trubisky. Trubisky's on this list as well. So after Minshew, it's, uh, I think it's Ryan Fitzpatrick at the Giants. If Devontae Parker plays... Is he the second best quarterback on the waiver wire list yes. behind only? T- yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. You'd get those do- those former Dolphins and current Dolphins. So please come back, please, Devontae Parker, come back. The Giants just they're so bad defensively. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky. So yeah. All right, all right. Let's talk about this. The Packers actually allow the fourth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. In my opinion, they have been one of the luckiest teams though. So they give up the eighth most yards per attempt. They just don't give up a lot of touchdowns. All of the good quarterbacks pretty much have done well against the Packers. I mean, you can look at, like, Kirk Cousins had 10 fantasy points, but that was back early in the season when he wasn't throwing. Um, Good quarterbacks have done pretty well. Trubisky's playing great. You're saying avoid, most likely. He doesn't have a good history against the Packers. Uh, He's averaging 15 fantasy points against them in four meetings. He's had one game in Lambeau Field. He did not play well. And this is typically a spot where Bears quarterback struggle. Most of it has been Jay Cutler, if you just look at recent history. But I just think that the Packers defense is going to play well enough to keep Trubisky contained, you know, limited production. Um, I, I've i seen uh, enough of him to say that he's played much better. You know, this is not taking anything away from Trubisky. And if you want to start him, I, I think he's in that conversation of guys that you don't necessarily have to run away from. But of the four games where he's done well, two of them have been against Detroit and one against the Giants. You know, so uh, see three of the four where he's done well, that's who he's done it against. So it's just take that into account. Those are three of the, you know, easiest matchups or two of the easiest matchups, three of the easiest games that he'll probably will have over the course of maybe his career. Yeah, well, I, the, what's encouraging for Trubisky is the 10 carries for 63 yards and a touchdown. If he does that, then we're in business here and he'll get Kansas City at home in week 16. If he keeps running, then I'll be much more interested in him. But there's not enough of a track record of him running. It's just It was like, oh my gosh, he actually ran. Uh, so so that's kind of, you know, what's, we need to see more of that. Drew Locke and he is ran, he ran for He ran for 11 yards in the first meeting when he was 100% healthy. Right. Uh, Drew Locke, I know it's tough to trust him, but he had he's coming off a good game. He's at Kansas City. He's going to be pretty low on the list. Uh, but would you? How many of these guys would you start over Josh Allen at Pittsburgh this week? All of them. Really? Even Drew Locke? Um, not Drew Locke. Okay, but Trubisky, Fitzpatrick, uh, Sam Darnold. We can get away from. How about like Tom Brady or the waiver wire? Uh, let's take Tannehill out of the equation, so because we know he's ahead of almost everyone. So Tom the Brady or. Manning and Minshew and all that. It's just I I mean what what faith do you have in in Brady at this point? I know the Bengals are bad. I don't think he's going to play poorly, but I don't know where the ceiling is with him anymore. How about Jared Goff at Dallas? I like Jared Goff this week. I don't think conflicted. this Cowboys defense is playing very well. No, they're not. At he, all. he he's 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 rolling right now. Boy, did he look great. 19 fantasy points, but still just looked great. We talked about it on uh, Monday's show if you want to listen to that. All right, so that's pretty much quarterback. There you go. Let's go to running back after I tell you about SeatGeek, everybody. So you know how it works. 
you used to have to go find all these different sites and compare the prices yourself and try to find the best deals. And you shouldn't have to do that. You should let somebody do that for you. SeatGeek does all that work for you. Just search for an event on SeatGeek. They bring in tickets from all over the web and they grade them based on value. And you look at the seating map of the venue and you see all these dots and there's some red dots. You want to avoid those. There's some big green dots. Those are the best ones. These big dark green dots that say these values are incredible. Go get these seats on SeatGeek. And of course, save 10 bucks off your first purchase with the promo code FFT. But that's it's the only app I use. It's just so much easier than the other apps. The reviews are great. Over 50,000 five-star reviews in the App Store for SeatGeek. So, uh, you know, you, you need to be using it and you need to be saving money. 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase with the promo code FFT. And look, I give you these personal endorsements all the time, but I also get emails and tweets from listeners saying, hey, I use the SeatGeek app. I found these great seats. They were so inexpensive. I saved money. Thank you so much. So thank you for supporting SeatGeek. Thanks SeatGeek for supporting our show. And make sure you use that promo code FFT for 10 bucks off your first purchase on SeatGeek. So let's talk about the running backs, Jamie. Uh, DeAndre Washington's 4% owned. Now, he ran more routes than Jalen Richard, eight more routes. He caught six passes for 43 yards. He had 14 carries for 53 yards and a touchdown against Tennessee. And now he faces the Jaguars, who give up 5.5 yards per carry to running backs. They have they are giving up 35 points per game in their last five games. They're just terrible. Five 100-yard rushers in those last six games. My only question is this. I think we were a little surprised to see six catches for 43 yards from Washington. Should you pick him up thinking, if I get passing game production, that's a bonus, but I'm not expecting it? What do you think? I think that's fair. Um, I would probably ballpark it like three catches as the ceiling is what I would have told you going into the game last week. Um, But... They clearly trust him. And, you know, I think the the thing that I was curious to see was because I did not think that Tennessee would run away from them early, just knowing how Tennessee's offense typically has been. I was surprised at the second half. I was surprised that the, the game was tied at the first half. I thought it'd be, you know, seven point lead or something for the Titans. Um, and then I was surprised that the Titans just pulled away to the extent that they did in the second half. But I think you're just looking at it that, they, they seem to have a little bit more faith in him in stepping into Jacob's role and using him as a three-down guy. So unless the Jaguars come in and all of a sudden put up this huge number, I think it'll still be Washington leading the way in terms of touches and being still involved in the passing game. So I'm, I'm highly encouraged. You know, this is just the, it's the last game in Oakland ever. And I think they're going to go out with a win. And I think they're going to go out with uh, Washington being one of their key guys this week. All right, Raheem Mostert is second on your list, and he would be a terrific add as well. Uh, to be honest with you, though, the pa- the uh, Falcons' run defense has been pretty damn good lately. Chris Carson's the only running back in Atlanta's last five games to have double-digit fantasy points in non-PPR. They've done well against uh, Kenyon Drake and Alvin Kamara. They just crushed, although Latavius Murray had a good game. They've done well against Aaron Jones and Mark Ingram. I don't know that it matters. I mean, Raheem Mostert is on fire. Uh, so is he a good start this week, do you think? He, I think you buy into him. I, I'm just concerned. He looks the best of the 49ers running backs. That, there, that goes without saying uh, after watching last week's game. But he still had, what, 10 carries in that game? Uh, yeah, 10 carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Two catches for 40 right. yards and a touchdown, which was a little fluky. And 
it's a hundred percent fluky. You know, it was the Emmanuel Sanders to to Mostert play. Um, you also have they gave Tevin Coleman some red zone touches. Mm-hmm. So could he be the one that scores the touchdown against his former team if the game's in hand? So I think if you know you're looking at it from the landscape of did I pick up Raheem Mostert or can I still pick him up? Would I trust him? Comes down to who who you have on your team. Um, but uh, I would hey, not be would, surprised. Would if, you start him over Barkley. If, 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 no, not against Miami. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, sorry, I had to ask. Would you start you DeAndre? DeAndre uh, I have such little confidence in Barkley right now. Um, no, I don't think Miami, I would. Though. I don't think I would because Miami. of the touches. Yeah, it's Miami. Um, Blah Powell was good enough. Raheem Moster. Uh, sorry, would you start DeAndre Washington over Saquon Barkley? Uh, I would. Okay. No, no, I'm sorry. No, I wouldn't. I'd start. Here's the guys I'd start him over that are name worthy. I'd start him over Kamara. And I start him over Leonard Fournette. Woo! Whoa! Wow! Whoa! All right. Well, what, what have those two guys done to inspire confidence of, in you in recent weeks? Well, Fournette typically catches been okay. like six to seven passes. Kamara, uh, like coming off a horrible game, but before that, he was a PPR stud and just needed to score some He's, touchdowns. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. N- non PPR for for Washington. Okay, uh, that's Over that's Kamara. fair. It's, yeah, uh, Adrian Peterson. Peterson facing the Eagles and then the Giants his next two games. So he's probably not going to have Geis in either game. Definitely not this week. Those are good run defenses. So Peterson, you know, top twenty four this week. Top twenty four non PPR just outside in PPR. I think Chris Thompson you saw last week was was heavily involved, and I think he'll be this, in the same case again this week. Yeah, if I'm in a PPR league, am I picking up Peterson or Chris Thompson? Probably might. It's probably safer to pick up Thompson, but um, you know Peterson, like you said, he's gotten so much work in Bill Callahan's offense that it's hard to overlook that without guys being there. All right, next up on the running back waiver wire list: Benny Snell, Patrick Laird, and then the Thompson twins, Darwin Thompson and Chris Thompson. And Snell, I think. I I mean, I'm expecting James Conner to play. Are you? I'm expecting Conner to play, so I should probably reorder that with uh, Snell behind. These guys. Giants run defense. I mean, I want to tell this great story about how good they've been since acquiring Leonard Williams. Boston Scott kind of screwed it up last night, and Leonard Williams did not play enough snaps. I don't understand what that was about. But I think it's more of a passing game versus running game. What do you, you mean? Know, so Laird in the passing game will be better than what he does running the ball, clearly. Yeah. So he's better PPR but he than non PPR. He had 19 touches last week. So that's a that's a pretty sneaky player right there. 31% owner. I really like him for week 16 against the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keep an eye on that for Patrick Laird, Darwin Thompson, and Chris Thompson, and Boston Scott is also on this list. Uh, do you th- okay? Talk. You want to talk to me about Darwin Thompson, Chris Thompson, and and Boston Scott? Well, I I think you look at Scott. You know, in PPR leagues, it, it feels as if the Eagles found a guy that they could you know uh, trust, especially if their receiving core is as banged up as it looks like it's going to be. Um, so I, I I think in PPR leagues he's he's certainly somebody you want to consider as maybe a flex. Darwin Thompson, we got the reports before the game that they wanted to increase his workload. We saw that a little bit. Now the game didn't necessarily go I think the way the Chiefs may have hoped in trying to get Thompson a little bit more work. He had a bad drop, um, but they just seemed to want to cap Lashawn McCoy's touches. And in a game where they could be playing with the lead, as we saw two weeks ago, Thompson could be the guy if Damian Williams remains out. And then Chris Thompson, you know, just sharing the ball with. Uh, with Adrian Peterson now without Darius Geis there could be good for him, especially in a situation where they could be chasing points as well. By the way, if you're the James Conner owner and he does play Sunday night against Buffalo, first Sunday night game for Buffalo in like 
11 years or something crazy like that. I mean, 2007. Yeah, oh, like that. wow. And uh, are you going to be all systems go with James Conner? Is he a start, or do you think that the Conner owner needs to also be active on the waiver wire and you know not necessarily just throw him back in the lineup? I'd much rather have DeAndre Washington than James Conner. Um, I'd probably start Mostert over James Conner at this point. And, uh, you know, the last time we saw him play, you know, it was supposed to be all systems go, and he got one hit to the shoulder, and he, you know, we all saw the, you know, him saying, my shoulder, my shoulder, and, and he came out of the game. We haven't seen him since. So you have to worry about that. Absolutely. You know, he'll probably be uh, in the 20s for me um, in both formats, a little bit better in PPR than not PPR. I'm going to give you a few more names. Some of them widely owned. LaShawn McCoy, any interest in him against Denver? They're giving up 4.55 yards per carry to running backs in their last three games. They're kind of falling apart a little bit. So that's McCoy. Bo Scarborough, if he's healthy. Matt Breida. And then Deion Lewis, I guess, is more of a handcuff. In. And even Jalen Richard, any interest in those guys? McCoy is fine. You know, I, I think you just you have to hope he finds the end zone. It's just a matter of um, how much work he'll get. And what he'll do with it. This was the first game that we saw that Damian Williams did not play where a Chiefs running back did not score. And in all the previous four times, it was two running backs scoring. So the Patriots run defense has been very good in terms of keeping guys out of the end zone. The Broncos, not to the same level, although they did look better last week. But take that into account. It was the Texans chasing points. So I think McCoy is in the flex conversation. You know, better this week than he was last week, but um, not a slam dunk by any stretch. Okay, and would you drop LaShawn McCoy for Adrian Peterson? In non-PPR, yes. In PPR, no. All right, so I'm going to give you some quick names for Week 16 if you're looking ahead. Uh, Not the best list right now. Gardner Minshew at Atlanta, Ryan Tannehill against the Saints, Daniel Jones at Washington, Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Bengals. And look, maybe Devontae Parker misses only one game. Maybe misses none. But Fitzpatrick could be great at home against the Bengals. Patrick Laird against the Bengals. Maybe Drew Locke against Detroit. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have for right now. Maybe tomorrow we'll look a little bit more into it. Uh, And we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk about wide receivers, Zach Paschal and Darius Slayton and A.J. Brown and D.D. Westbrook and the rest right after this quick break on Fantasy Football today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Jamie, how much do you like Zach Pascal this week? I think my only concern is will he see Marshawn Lattimore? He might. You know, I, I think you just got to buy into the two-game sample size that we have without T.Y. Hilton on the field and, you know, anticipate chasing points. Um, what we've seen from the Saints in primetime games where, you know, the opponent, what they tend to do, just where it's like a 40-20 a, a to 20 victory for them, which I think is something that could happen this week. And, um you know, I, I think Pascal is absolutely worth trusting as a number two receiver. Yep, and it's not just the last two games. He's played five games without T.Y. Hilton with Jacoby Brissett. And in four of those five games, he has 72 or more yards. So that's pretty damn good. And he has 19 targets in his last two games. You should know this, though. They're really, since the very beginning of the season, there really have been almost no wide receivers who have done well against the Saints without nine or more targets. 
So he might have to get maybe eight or more targets, and I, and I think he's got a pretty good chance to do it. He's done it two games in a row. So Pascal, a big priority. Like, who would you rather have as a flex this week, Pascal or Mostert? Probably Mostert, just because I'm anticipating the 49ers being a heavy home favorite and probably playing with the lead. And I think he's either going to help them get there or he could be the guy, you know, helping close out the game. But it's just it's the wild card is is Tevin Coleman, because I could see Kyle Shanahan saying, all right, Tevin, go get you get 10 carries this week. It's just such an unknown with this team. That'd be a bad mistake if he did that. <laughs> wild cards, Brita, too. Yeah, there's a lot of wild cards there. They're both. That's what I'm saying. Both those guys. Yeah. Uh, A.J. Brown, number two on your list. Anthony Miller, number three. A.J. Brown is facing Houston. They have been struggling. Uh, Anthony Miller is at Green Bay. Allows the 10th fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, interesting matchup, I'll say that. Kevin King didn't play last week. D.D. Westbrook is four for you at Oakland. And Cole Beasley is just on fire. Cole Beasley. He really is. I, crazy. I asked this question to uh, Evan Washburn, who's our uh, CBS Sports NFL Reporter does sideline work for us on the network, and he was at the uh, Ravens-Bills game. And I asked him, has Beasley passed John Brown as the best wide receiver? And when I asked that question, I said before the segment started, I said, Heath, I'm going to ask him a question. You're going to look at me like I have three heads. And he did because <laughs> uh, he loves John Brown, obviously. But it, it's just hard to overlook what he's been you know, doing lately. And as teams are taking away John Brown, you're seeing Cole Beasley become a very reliable option for Josh Allen, and I think even in a tough matchup this week against the Steelers, I, I'll, I'll still trust him as a number three receiver in PPR. Don't love him as much in non-PPR, but you know his, his floor has been pretty solid all season long, and we're starting to see what the ceiling has been. So actually, you look at the, the slot receivers that the Steelers have faced recently, and I put Pascal on that list, but I probably shouldn't because he, he plays inside. He's not exactly a slot receiver. So we'll start with the last five slot receivers that the Steelers have faced. Robert Woods, seven catches for 95 yards. Jarvis Landry, 43 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Boyd, 101 yards and a touchdown. Landry again, 76 yards. And Larry Fitzgerald was bad. But it's four of the last five slot receivers. But they moved Kirk inside too. Oh, uh, yeah, and he had a good game. Okay, so it mm-hmm. seems like Pittsburgh's, you know, been pretty bad against inside receivers. And it also seems like the last three weeks, John Brown's had tough matchups. And, you know, the, the Steelers' corners are pretty good. Like Joe Hayden probably get uh, John Brown. Maybe Cole Beasley. Matchups don't seem to matter for him, right? But he's yep. obviously risky because he had 29 yards last week. Uh, but he's been scoring a lot lately. So 70, or, 70 yards or a touchdown in seven of his last eight games. And then here's, you know, really sneaky guy this week is Nelson Aguilar. Um, glad you put him Agreed. on this list. I would have totally forgotten yep. about him. Uh, but doesn't seem like Alshon Jeffrey's going to play. So if Aguilar does play, you know, what would you expect from him? Because he, he might get 10 targets. I would like him a lot. And I, I think he would be a potential starter. We've, we've seen it time and time again. You know, you go back early this season, I believe it was weeks two and week three, um, when Jeffrey was out and Jackson was out and you saw Aguilar just have some monster performances. They have nobody. I mean, they really have nobody. It's, it's uh, you know, for you as a Giants fan, if you were actually trying to be concerned about winning that game, I was that there there were well you're the only one um, that there were guys you know basically off the street, and they leave Zach Ertz wide open. Like <laughs> I would have put four guys on Zach Ertz and say, okay, throw it to anybody else and see if they catch it. Ridiculous. Um, there's uh there there's there's just nobody in this receiving core. You know I would not be surprised. I don't think Jordan Matthews got picked up. I would not be surprised after they released him. I would not be surprised if we find out that that's a transaction that. 
happens. I believe Mac Collins got picked up by the Dolphins. Um, so the guys who have been on their team the last few weeks are, are no longer there. So if Jeffrey's out and you have to at this point anticipate that he's not going to be there, uh, if Aguilar is able to come back, um, he's risky, clearly, but uh, the track record speaks for itself that when he's the only guy, he does well. So are we looking at a top five or six here? Off to count. Pascal, uh, A.J. Brown, Anthony Miller, D.D. Westbrook, Cole Beasley, Nelson Aguilar, and then a drop after that. We're talking start talking about deeper league guys. It's interesting because there's two scenarios at play here with injury replacements. I guess maybe three. You know, you look at Russell Gage and what he's been able to do when there's been somebody missing for Atlanta, whether it was Julio Jones on Thanksgiving or when uh, Austin Hooper first went down after the Sanu trade. You know, so he's in the in in play here as somebody you can maybe pivot to. Uh, you have the two guys in Tampa Bay without Mike Evans there in a great matchup against Detroit. Whether it's going to be Justin Watson or Brashad Perryman, that's the gamble because Perryman clearly is the big play threat and has been playing more. But Watson looked better in this game this past week and had much more involvement. And then you have the two guys in Miami, Alan Hearns and Isaiah Ford. You know, would you trust those guys? And also a great matchup against the Giants. Hearns has been playing more. Ford had a very nice game this past week against the Jets. But like you said, probably more deep league options. Uh, uh, Marcus Johnson as well in, in a scenario where they're probably chasing points. Um, against the Saints for the Colts. Okay, so again, just to give those names again, Tampa Bay, Justin Watson and Brashad Perryman. In Miami, Alan Hearns and Isaiah Ford. Russell Gage for the Falcons. I do wonder if uh, Christian Blake would get more playing time as well since, you know, that he's he, he kind of filled in for Julio Jones, so maybe he'd fill in for Calvin Ridley. Chris Conley is also interesting. I mean, Conley oftentimes gets, you know, as many targets as D.D. Westbrook. I, am I, I, I really like D.D. Westbrook this week. How do you feel about him? You have him fourth behind Pascal, Brown, and Miller. Um, I just like those three guys a lot with the way, way they've been playing. Uh, but, yeah, Westbrook is absolutely in the conversation. Uh, this is, um, you know, a guy who's put up some good numbers of late. And, uh, like you said, he's sort of been on and off, whether it's been Conley or Westbrook, you know, depending on the quarterback and how those guys have sort of operated. But I, I think there is a clear top four. You know, I, I like Westbrook more in PPR than non-PPR, but if I do have the chance to pick up D.D. Westbrook, I would pick him up and I would consider starting him. Two more wide receiver questions. One, how can you trust A.J. Brown? He's so inconsistent. Matchup is fantastic, and you see what the ceiling can be when he's uh, running free against a defense that stinks. So take that into account for the Jaguars guys. But um, he's been the the one constant in this passing game for Ryan Tannehill since he's taken over from a production standpoint. You'd like to see more than, you know, the cap at about seven targets. I don't think he's been over that in the uh, in, in the seven games that Tannehill has started. But, you know, six or seven targets has kind of been enough for him to have some pretty good production and in some cases great production. So when you're trying to win a league, you know, these are the type of guys that you, you know, hope to see. Matchups great, production has been there. And so uh, in the case of Pascal, in the case of Miller, in the case of uh, of Westbrook, you know, these are these are the type of guys you sort of build around. And I think AJ Brown is right in that conversation. And then how would you rank these three guys with these top wide receivers on waivers? Terry McLaurin, Mike Williams, and Darius Slayton. McLaurin gets the gets the Phillies, uh, the Phillies, the Eagles. Uh, Mike Williams, Minnesota, and Darius Slayton, the Dolphins. They're all behind the first three guys. They're in the mix with D.D. Westbrook, depending on format. So I think Westbrook's better than those three guys in PPR. In non-PPR, I would take Slayton over those guys. Um, over Westbrook, excuse me, behind those guys. Uh, and McLaurin as well. You know, McLaurin's a, a, clearly a wild card. It's a great matchup against Philly, but you're still talking about 
Dwayne Haskins having to, you know, withstand the pass rush of what the Philly defense will bring to him. And I think he's going to struggle in that regard. And I'm guessing you're not that interested in Robbie Anderson this week. He's 73% on No. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. All right, Jamie, let's talk about tight ends then. So who's your favorite tight end this week? Who are your favorite three tight ends? Uh, Higby, without a, uh, a doubt. You know, even if Everett comes back, I think at this point, he's sort of established himself as the guy in this passing game. And I think you've seen he's replaced Brandon Cooks as the as the main option there. And Ian Thomas is not far behind him. You know, I, I have both guys ranked in my top 10. I, I've seen enough of Ian Thomas the last, you know, few games last year and, and the two games that he's, you know, one stepping in for Greg Olson two weeks ago and what he did last week to buy in fully to him as a starter against the Seattle defense that has not played well against that position. Um, I like the, the you know, this is kind of why I'm a little uh, hesitant with Justin Watson and Rashad Perryman. I think O.J. Howard has shown you that they're yeah, going to use him a little bit more. Too. And I think, you know, he he benefits because he can split out and play like a wide receiver. He's, he's athletic enough to do that. So I love the setup for him against Detroit. Another guy that's a top 10 option for me. And then Hayden Hurst, look, you know what Lamar Jackson has done? He leans on his tight ends. We saw the big play against Buffalo. And uh, if Mark Andrews is out against the Jets, I know the Jets did a good job against Mike Gusecki and keeping him contained. Uh, but I still think if Jamal Adams is out, which is most likely going to be the case, with what Lamar Jackson does, assuming Jackson plays, that uh, Hurst is somebody you can you know pivot to as well if you're the Mark Andrews owner. But Higby is is by far the number one guy for me. Yeah. So, all right. Let's let's debate a little bit. So first of all, with Higby, I so totally see it if Everett's out. But if Everett's in, I'm not sure that Higby has established himself as the passing guy because that's what we thought Everett was. You know, I mean, we were talking about Everett this way just a few weeks ago. So I don't, I don't don't think the Rams mess with what's working right now. I honestly don't. He looks really good, doesn't he? He's like galloping all over the field. Yeah, he looks amazing. And 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 to be fair, Everett did too when he was getting these these opportunities. So it's it's just a matter of, you know, I I'm I'm curious to see what the Rams are going to do coming back in 2020 because this offense has to be a little bit retooled, offensive line obviously, you know, and 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 some other things. But can they have four guys? that produce at a high level. I mean, I'm sure they feel that way if, if Cooks is right with the concussions and, and the injuries that the receivers have dealt with over the last couple of seasons. But they found two tight ends that could be players for them. And so um, I, I hope they, they feature them a little bit more, maybe one over the other for our purposes so we have a tight end we can use. But, you know, this makes Jared Goff much more attractive in 2020 if that offensive line can get fixed a little bit in the offseason. O.J. Howard, look, I think... You got to, He had four catches for 73 yards. We know what he can do. Mike Evans isn't going to play, and they're facing Detroit, who actually, I, I wish they had been a little bit worse against Kyle Rudolph last week, but you know they, they've done a decent job in their last four games against tight ends. That was after giving up a touchdown in four straight games to tight ends. Two of those were against the Bears, though, that don't feature that position. That's true. But wasn't the Bears one of the teams that actually did score a touchdown against them? Yeah, it was Horstead on basically like a Hail Mary. So the other thing with Howard is... That, Jameis Winston's got a broken hand, so we just got to keep that in mind. But uh, and then with Hayden Hurst, like, not saying you're wrong, but why did you go with Hurst instead of Boyle? Because I feel like it could be either one. Could be both. Yeah. Uh, I, again, another question I asked Evan, uh, who was at the game, and you know, he said in to- talking to the coaching staff, and and I think we've seen it. You know, Boyle is more of the blocking tight end that gets the occasional. You know, sometimes there's a there's a four or five target game in there, and we saw that you know in the middle of the season. But Hurst profiles more as the Mark Andrews role, you know, the the move tight end, the guy that they can split out and do some different things with. He's much more athletic. Um, and, and he was drafted. Remember, this this was the the draft where they got 
Jackson and the two tight ends, and it was supposed to be Hurst. He was the he took they took him over Jackson, you know. So he was he was the guy that was supposed to be their their pass catching tight end, and so I just think that he'll be more involved in in what Andrews does and and a better better option, more big plays. Boyle could be better. Boyle scored a touchdown against the Bills as well, but I, I just think that uh, Hurst would be the one that I would prefer. You know who you're too low on, Mike Gasicki. Mike Gasicki, move him on up, Jamie. Coming off a terrible game, I get it. But he's got to get some targets with the, if Devontae yeah, Parker's out. Giants, mm. we knew they were phonies. They can't cover tight ends. Give me a break. Uh, so I'd be looking at him. He's 52% owned. You got Caden Smith yep. on this list. He's 4% owned. You got Jacob Hollister. Now, if you don't want Jacob Hollister this week, that's fine. Carolina's been good against tight ends, I guess. They haven't really faced a lot of good ones. Next week, he's got Arizona. Week 16, Jacob Hollister for the win. But let's talk about Kasicki. Caden Smith and Jacob Hollister. Yeah, I probably should have Gasecki higher. Um, I, I think I sent you guys this list before the game was over last night. So, um, yeah, he. I mean, the mat the matchup's fantastic, and and uh, yeah, he he should see certainly an uptick in targets. And, and you know, sometimes we get a little bit um, frustrated when the previous game is not so good. But yeah, this is a this is a prime bounce back spot for Gasecki, and uh, hopefully he delivers. So I'd, I'd put him ahead of Ian Thomas. Whoa, Gasicki too. Yep. Yeah. I, no. Look, I think that makes perfect sense. Uh, how about these three guys? Noah Fant at Kansas City. They allow the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends. Josh Hill against the Colts, assuming Jared Cook is out. It's a Monday night game. And Nick, Bo- uh, not Nick Boyle, David Njoku at Arizona. It's a great week for tight ends. It really is. You know, with uh, with some of these options. Um, hopefully Njoku, you know, shook off the rust from the wrist injury and gets a little bit more involved which would be great because the Cardinals are, are bad. And, you know, I, I know people will point to last week and say, well, the Steelers didn't have the touchdown against the the, the Cardinals, but Vance McDonald left with a concussion, so we don't know how that game would have unfolded. Um, and then uh, Josh Hill is, is interesting. He scored last week. Um, you saw Jared Cook was, was uh, heavily involved. He's been fantastic, and they've been sort of searching for that third option to help out uh, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara in the passing game. It's been Cook. Um, so I, I think he's got he's got an opportunity to also be successful. Fant makes me a little bit nervous, not only just because going into Arrowhead uh, with Drew Locke, but he's also got a foot injury that he's fighting through. He's expected to be fine, but um, I, I don't know if I want to trust Noah Fant just yet. All right, just a quick, what about what about these guys? Kyle Rudolph. Rudolph is at the Chargers. Jason Witten against the Rams. Thielen's expected to return, so I think that's going to kill Kyle Rudolph's appeal, plus you're talking about a Chargers team that, is getting fully healthy. Um, you know, the the guys that were suspended are coming back. And since Derwin James has been back, you know, I think that defense is going to look really, really good. It's unfortunate that they didn't have these guys all season long because I think they really would have been a uh, a playoff contender. Um, and, and and you've seen it. I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a bad game. Yeah, it's a tough week. He's been he's been pretty damn good, but it's a tough week. And uh, Jason Witten, I, nobody's ever really excited about him. You don't want a Bears tight end at Green Bay, do you? They just don't think they have one you can trust. You know, uh, Jesper would be my favorite, but it's not even ranked for me. Johnu Smith against Houston? No. Okay. We talked about DSTs earlier. The Seahawks are at Carolina. Five of the last seven teams to face the Panthers have had either good or great games. Seahawks' defense isn't great, but they got a chance there. Uh, the Chargers against Minnesota. Look, the, the the Minnesota's not a good matchup, okay? Cousins hasn't been throwing interceptions, and uh, they allow the six fewest fantasy points to DSTs. The Chargers are solid now. 
But we like the Chiefs. Chiefs against Denver. Chiefs have been good three games in a row. Chargers in Mexico, the Raiders at home, and then at the Patriots. Uh, so a little resurgent defense under Steve Spagnolo. What about these DSTs? Giants or Dolphins facing each other? Yeah, it's just not not enough talent. That's why I think that the offenses should play well. Detroit against Tampa Bay. No. Or Tampa Bay against Detroit. No. <laughs> uh, would no. you stick with the Eagles at Washington this week? Yeah. Low-end starter. Eagles uh, they or were Chiefs? In, they were in Chiefs. Sorry to interrupt you there. Uh, Packers or Bear, Packers at the Packers against the Bears or the Chiefs? Uh, the Chiefs. All right. How do you feel about the Steelers against the Bills? Love them. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, you know that's I, I feel good about that because that was a team like like six weeks ago that we were calling a league winner, the Steelers DST, and they really have not disappointed. I now, think on the other look, hand, the we Eagles saw have. we. We saw Josh Allen get beat up. Uh, you know, he was limping around that game against the Ravens. This is a very similar defense. You know, it's just, it's unfortunate that, um, you know, Allen's been such a good fantasy quarterback and, and he's really looked the part of being a, a potential franchise quarterback and, and star. But you're, you're starting to see, you know, the next evolution for him and this team is, you know, when they're facing these tough defenses like Baltimore last week and Pittsburgh this week, where I think he's going to have some tough opportunities. All right, if you need a kicker this week, you can look at Robbie Gold against Atlanta. Jason Myers, he had a pretty big field goal last week. Jason Myers at Carolina. Nick Folk at Cincinnati. Nick Folk's not very good, and they kind of didn't trust him last week. Uh, I'm also looking at Chase McLaughlin. He's on the Colts now, and I don't know what Vinatieri's status is, but um, McLaughlin was, uh, was not bad with the Niners. And he had two of three field goals at Tampa Bay. The thing is with kickers, you don't have to make these decisions on Tuesday. Like you shouldn't burn a waiver wire priority just in case somebody really good gets dropped um, on a kicker. But you should look for indoor kickers this week or guys that aren't going to be affected by weather because that's just sure. not saying you should drop Harrison Butker for some, for Chase McLaughlin or something. But um, these are decisions you can honestly make on Saturday night or Sunday morning. But you know, just something to keep in mind. So, in conclusion, go get yourself DeAndre Washington and Ryan Tannehill and Raheem Mostert and maybe even Patrick Laird, who had 19 touches last week and gets the Bengals in Week 16. Zach Paschal should be really good. D.D. Westbrook, A.J. Brown. Uh, The tight ends are loaded with Tyler Higby and Mike Kosicki and Ian Thomas headlining the list. DST, not so much, but we like the Chiefs. And that's pretty much it. Jamie, uh, goodbye. Good show. Talk to you uh, tomorrow or Thursday for you, I guess. Yes, on Thursday. And if you need any more help, you can check out CBS Sports HQ all day, and you can tweet us and email us and join our Facebook group for more help as well. Thanks a lot to Jamie Eisenberg. I'm Adam Azer. Good luck on the waiver wire. Talk to you tomorrow. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 